0: Learn how to learn because the tech platforms, the data, that is very important, but it's ever changing. It's going to continue to change. If you learn how to learn and you know what questions to ask, you will pick up whatever the new thing is and not be stuck in only knowing
1: the thing that's today. Welcome to YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. Today, we have an inspiring guest with us. Melanie August, the Vice President of Brand Management at Nike. In this insightful conversation, Melanie will share her unique journey from dreaming of becoming a pro athlete to discovering her passion for sports management and eventually marketing and branding She'll guide us through her educational experiences, including her time at UCLA, where she completed an ambitious JD MBA program and gained valuable insights through various internships. Melanie will also provide valuable advice on how to shift your focus from simply pursuing a specific job to mastering your craft and staying adaptable in a constantly evolving industry. So without further ado.
0: Hi, I'm Melanie August. And I am the Vice President of Global Brand Defining Purpose and Athlete Marketing at Nike.
1: Thrilled to have you here, Melody. Your role at Nike emphasizes the significance of purpose in branding initiatives. With that in mind, how has your personal sense of purpose guided you? And how can someone focus on developing themselves in order to be the best candidate for a position like yours?
0: Yeah. A lot of people kind of look at my journey. It's been, I've been blessed, I guess you could say, be able to land in the right spaces at the right time. I think one of the biggest things is shifting from just thinking about the job to thinking about being great at the craft. And that shift in mindset has helped me immensely throughout. It I was able to go from Here's the exact job I want to do to here's what I want to be great at. And what do I want to be great at right now? And the focus of that and then pairing that with the right education, the right experiences, the right work ethic lands you in spots that you may not have expected, but will land you on the right journey to kind of whatever it is that you want to achieve. So that's what I've told a lot of people nowadays is I get asked, like, how do I get your specific job? And I kind of push back to them and I say, hey, I can tell you the different ways. There's a thousand different ways to get to a certain spot. But what are you doing to make sure that you're the best possible if you were to get the spot? That's really, if you do that, everything else usually takes care of itself. It just might not take care of itself on the timelines, given where economies are and all those different pieces. Sometimes you take a roundabout way to get there. But I have belief
1: that you, you get there. So let's talk about how you got there. Can you take us back to your childhood? What did you think you wanted to do in the world? Oh man, what did I want to
0: do? It was an ever evolving kind of cycle of different forms of professional athlete, I'd say when I was a kid, uh, but I ended up landing on basketball. I was in that generation. Where I was like 10, right when the WNBA came out, right when Love and Basketball came out. So basketball became my ultimate uh, my ultimate thing that I really wanted to do until I got to about 16, 17. And I started to research what a uh, WNBA player would make. And I had brothers who all had aspirations to go in the NFL. So when we both kind of lined up like, okay, if we all go pro, like, here's what I would make, here's what I would make. And then the reality set in of of what I what I would or would not be able to do. And so then I started to default back to um, a different movie of Jerry Maguire and wanting to get into sports, sports business, being a sports agent, being a GM, kind of that whole world uh, is where then I started to, to think about once I was exiting high school.
1: I see. Very cool. I was kind of on the, a similar path too. I had a sports themed bar mitzvah. I was really inspired by <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Uh, so that's, that's fun to hear. Um, so now that you've made this decision, what happens next in your journey?
0: Yeah. So what happened next is I got a job at Nike, which was like the classic thing to do. I grew up in Sacramento, El Dorado Hills area. So you had the Nike factory store. It was like the retail job to get. Got that job and then learned so much more about sports business. You could get an internship in it. You could design shoes, all of that. So that kind of led me into college where I ended up at Colorado College. They recruited me for basketball. They had a great education. They had a professor there that would let me specialize in sports economics. So I ended up going there. And then the whole time I was there, I was just trying to figure out how to get to a Nike internship. Like that was like my big thing. So I kept applying, kept trying to figure it out. And then finally got an internship uh, the summer before my senior year in Portland. Uh, was the was kind of the crown jewel, my first true intern experience, I would say I did a few things here. as like independent studies, but hadn't hadn't really gone into an eight to five job until that summer. And absolutely loved it. I think it Nike in the summer is probably one of the best places to be as an intern, especially when you're a basketball player. I would not say I, I banked all the money that I made, I ended up giving it back to him, but I got some memories out of it.
1: Wow. But also what I take away from that story is like how amazing it is that you had such a clear focus. You knew what you wanted, like going into, into college, like not that many people have that like pinpoint focus. Yeah. I think that's just not
0: everybody's that way and you don't have to be that way. That just helped me. It helped me take the world and almost put it through a filter of like what the next step should be for me or else I was completely overwhelmed. Like as soon as you open the book to like, I want to work in sports, you could literally do anything in sports because it's a subject matter versus a particular profession on its own. So as soon as I had the like Nike internship, it just gave me the filter to work backwards. Okay. What do I need to do? What do I need to study? What are they looking for? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to network with? Um, And so that's just been a, a theme for how I have gone through my career to, to take the broad world and just, be able to take the next step and focus getting better at something towards something.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that framework. Okay. So now that you have your dream internship, what happens next?
0: Yeah. So end of summer comes around, then I get to my senior year, super focused on finishing, finishing that out, thinking that, you know, I'm going to go back, I'm going to get a job, all those pieces. I graduated in the 08, 09 year, which was the classic market crash year. And for Nike was the year when they were turning over to the category offense. So I got the very clear note, there are no jobs. There's nowhere to go. Um, Everybody's kind of focused on what shifts they need to make. The same thing was going across the world. I was an economics major. So if you wanted to do consulting, you wanted to do banking, like there just wasn't a lot there for college grads in that year. Um, And that started to turn my attention towards graduate school. I just started to say, all right, well, I think I should just keep going to school. Um, and I would like to say I had a really sophisticated thought behind it, but it really was by the time I get out of school, I think the market will be better. Um, so I started researching whether I wanted to get a law degree or a business degree came across the fact that you could do both. I didn't realize that. And half of the people that I admired in sports had an MBA, half the people had a JD depending on what it was. And once I learned you could do both, um, I kind of said, you know what, let me let me go try to do both. Let me try to put all the tools in my arsenal that gives me the widest breadth of options for what what I could do uh, in the world. And that was kind of my first step into just stepping into like, all right, I'm going to do this. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do on the back of it, um, but kind of, again, just started to think about what was that next summer job I wanted or what was the next opportunity I wanted and just use that to guide me. So then I go from college into, into graduate school.
1: I love that mindset. So how did you land on choosing UCLA? It really had to do
0: with, um, I grew up in Sacramento, but was born in Pasadena. So my grandmother was there. So we'd grown up like a mile away from the Rose Bowl pretty much every New Year's. So I already had a natural affinity down there. And then really what I was looking for in a school wasn't just like, let's go to the highest ranked school. I was looking for the school that valued what I wanted to do the most. And of all the schools that I was looking at, UCLA was the one that valued entertainment, valued sport. Like when I would go there and I talked to the to the advisors, they were like, yep, we got this person, we got this person. And you could kind of point to the path and see it. Versus other schools, it, it felt more like a, Yeah, you could do that. But we also do like this in technology and this over here, like it just didn't feel like it was core to the school the same way that sports law and sports business and entertainment is to UCLA. So that's what really drove me, drove me there. I mean, and coming from Colorado, the weather didn't hurt um, as well.
1: Yeah, just the fact that UCLA is located in Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of the world, provides students with such amazing opportunities that just are not available elsewhere. But what I'm also hearing is that like you didn't have that crazy, like maniacal focus of, oh, like, I need this Nike internship like you did going into undergrad as you did going into grad school. Why do you think that was? I think his, once I had spent that
0: summer at Nike, I was, I, I knew I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't know at the time that Nike was where I wanted to be. Like I, I wanted to do so much more. I wanted to be a GM. I wanted to be a sports agent, but more than anything, I wanted to have the opportunities to even have a job in sports. And it's the most competitive place to go. Like you're, I've never seen so many applications. I think the year I was an intern, they told me that 15,000 people applied to be just a Nike intern. I think I uh, the Cleveland Indians were running like their version of a rotational program. And they said that they got like, you know, five, six, 7,000 applications. And it was one of those where you go like, geez, this is super competitive. So I, I shifted away from the job I wanted to what skills that I need to have to be the best at what I was going to do. And I knew I needed to understand contracts. I knew I needed to understand the landscape of sport. I knew I needed to understand marketing and business, and I knew I needed to make the broadest network possible. So it it did shift to much more the industry, but I had a better understanding at that age of the skills that I needed to even be in the industry, um, to have it be an option.
1: Right. Well, that's a very interesting evolution. Recognizing that your pathway to success lies in cultivating yourself as a standout talent in the industry, Rather than narrowly aiming to fit into a specific role, that's quite insightful. So, tell us what it's like getting a JD MBA.
0: It's it's quite the endeavor. Um, it's there. It was hard. I think it was one of those things where it was hard just through the lens of the first year you do your first year of law school. Um, some people invert it and do their first year of business school. I did my first year of law school. First year of law school is already its own beast because you're just wrapping your head around a different way of thinking. And also just the level of insecurity of like, you're surrounded by all of these very smart people and you know that you're being graded against them literally. Um, So you kind of go from that, which was, I mean, great. And kind of, I use those skills still today. To then you go to business school and flip and and the catch with me was I was 20, I was 21 when I went to law school. So then I was walking into business school my first day being, um, I was 22 turning 23. And everybody who was in there, I think the average age of my class was like 28, 29. Um, Because you had a lot of people coming from Wall Street, from banking that had kind of spent the year transitioning transitioning out. And I think it was a different, totally different skill set. You go from doing kind of individualized work in law school, like you have your study groups, but you're really graded on yourself to then you spend an entire year being graded based upon your group project. The switch and juxtaposition was like, a little bit of a relief and a little bit of panic all at the same time. And so you're just stretching yourself in different ways. And then the last two years you're mixing them together and you're kind of jumping through everything, trying to experience everything. On top of that, I was interning almost every semester and summer. So I think I ended up with like nine internships across my four years because I just wanted to get the experience and I wanted to do all of the things. So I was just busy all the time, which I loved, but it was definitely hard and then the funniest part about it is you spend an extra year. So the year when everyone thinks that you're graduating, you come back the next year and it takes professors a second to realize you're a joint degree student. And they kind of give you like, you're still here. Why aren't you gone? What did you do wrong? <laughs> Which is the funny, you spend the first couple of months reminding people, nope, you you have an extra year of me. Um, but in general, like I had a lot of fun. I learned a ton, but it it was, uh, I spent a lot of Early mornings, late nights, kind of just trying to get it all done.
1: Yeah, wow! And nine internships, my god, that's a, that's that's a lot. But like we were mentioning earlier, that is the great part about being in LA, where all those companies are um, that you can kind of just get your feet wet for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, just like sort of see things that you like, things that you don't like, and try to narrow down your your scope of what you want to push towards.
0: Yes. It was the most helpful thing for me, especially because I went straight through. The number one thing people told me was like, you're going straight through. How are you going to get the work experience? Um, That was my way of getting the work experience and doing it across a lot of different things. So I think I I went from legal uh, internships and externships, which then helped me realize I didn't want to go on the path of being a lawyer to be a sports lawyer, to then getting more onto the consulting side, which then opened the door for me to understand that I really loved marketing. And then I really loved branding. And it kind of just led me down that path of like finding where I wanted to be, where I needed to be, what I was good at. Almost every single year, like that progression was, okay, it's not here, it's here, it's not here, it's here. And then my coursework changed in that direction as well that ultimately led me to the perfect job opportunity that came a week before I graduated. Um, so it all kind of came together, I guess you could say last minute, but it was, it was quite the journey, but yeah, being in, in LA made it a whole heck of a lot easier.
1: Right. And so was there anything else besides those internships that you can point to professors, classes, experiences that like, you know, help push you towards your, where you are today, or maybe even something that you still use in your job today?
0: Yeah, I think from a coursework side, I think the opportunity to, have courses that were in entertainment, that were in brand, um, that had guest speakers, that um, ended up really connecting the dots to helping my network. Like my connection to Nike came back through directly from um, the brand development class because the CMO of Nike at the time came with uh, MDP, which is a marketing development program. person came and spoke in the class. I ended up kind of being part of a smaller group that got to have some cocktails and I got to talk to them in which then I was able to make the connection when a posting came up for the marketing development that kind of connected all the dots. So I I think just that piece alone to be able to be in a class about brand, connect those dots was perfect. And that happened numerous times, like just the, the guest speakers that come through was really, really helpful. And then on top of it, I think a lot of the frameworks I still use today, like Jim Steingold's like uh brand development, kind of meter that he builds, or even the sports business work uh that a few do. I, I use those still today in, in my work, which has been really, really helpful and and I've appreciated. And then I think uh what's the other one? The presentation one going to Nike. I literally use the presentation course and That's probably one of the most helpful things given where I work and how much, you know, the joke is with Nike. We always love a presentation, we love a video. So having that under my belt going in, I was very thankful for.
1: Wow. That is so cool. So tell us what was that job that you ended up getting one week before graduation?
0: Yeah. So it was the marketing development program. I we now call it the MVP program, but it's it's essentially the same concept, which is it is a rotational program for two years. You do six month rotations across the brand. And it's really designed so that you learn, you learn the Nike way of how we do brand. We do things very differently. It has a lot of art and science to it that takes what you learned in your MBA but mixes it with some of the the artistic sauce that we have. And so you just go around and you do a bunch of different things and you learn that way. So that's what I ended up doing. Did that, and then that's what landed me kind of on my career
1: trajectory from there. Wow, so you've been at Nike the entire time? I've been at Nike the entire time. It'll be 10 years for me this August. Oh, so cool. Congrats. Well, 10 years plus the three-month. In-
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, well, that's so cool to hear. So yeah, Melanie, I'd love to hear you know, now more about your current Job and you know what you do as vice president of global brand narrative and and what that means and um and kind of some of your day to day responsibilities. Yeah, so
0: it's really um, it's a long title. That's the joke. It's the longest title I think in the company, or uh, unofficially. But really, what it is is it's a, the convergence of three separate worlds, seemingly, but that are all connected. So. On the brand-defining side, that is our big brand campaigns. Um, the big moments that we stand for are tentpole narratives that you see across the world. On the purpose side, that is our purpose marketing. A lot that we do connected to identity and key moments. Uh, think Black History Month or women's, women's History Month. And connecting those two worlds through really driving an offense around our athletes that is powered by the voice of our athletes. We're, we always talk about the fact that everything we do starts with our connection to athletes. And so the third piece of the job is uh, running the day-to-day kind of brand offense connected to some of our top athletes, taking those insights to inform us in terms of the brand narratives we want to put in the world. And then also the impact through the stories and the lens on the brand narratives that we want to put into the world. So it's all one kind of operation that, that just brings forth some of our strongest stories through our biggest sports moments.
1: I love how you blend storytelling, purpose, and athletes' perspectives. Since connecting with athletes is vital, how do you personally approach understanding their experiences?
0: Me personally, I think the way I approach things is just try to understand the core insights of people, try to listen as best I can, um, and then reflect back those stories that I believe will relate and and help partner across teams to, to bring those to life.
1: Yeah, that's a great approach really focusing on understanding people and actively listening. So can you share any of your favorite campaigns that you've gotten to work on?
0: Yeah, I think probably some of my favorite campaigns um, are connected to things that were kind of never before done. So I absolutely love, we did a project uh, with Harlem Fashion Row and the LeBron 16. That's one of my absolute favorites. This is the first time a signature basketball shoe had ever been designed. By African American women, and so that was one we put out there 2018 uh, and it was it was one of the best best times of my life. When we launched it, I got to bring my mom, my grandma to New York as well. So it was one of those moments where you got to bring like your personal your personal history into it, and it just it it was really, really cool. It sold out it it kind of caught caught headlines in a way that I didn't even expect. so that's a that's a personal highlight. I think some of the other big highlights is like just the opportunity when I first started, first started on the Rio Olympics and I got to work near um, somebody near and dear to kind of Nike and just somebody that was really impactful with my understanding of learning, which was Sandy Bodecker. I got to work at the very beginning of the Nike process, like innovation insight kind of, that was some of my favorite work to do just because you, don't get to see that when you're in school like you hear about it after the fact you get to have the Harvard Business Review or the articles after but to see at the very beginning of something and understand that and just kind of be a fly on the wall that was also one of those experiences that's been my favorite Um, later on down the line I had nothing to do with it but some of the work done at that time led to the breaking Two work which again wasn't wasn't me totally different team but Got to be on a fly on the wall when the nuggets of that were were starting. And so you just, you see a lot, you get a lot of hope um, when you get to see some of that magic sauce be made that you, you try to take into what you do every day.
1: Yeah, I can totally see that. I love hearing about these groundbreaking campaigns and the impact that they've had on you. The LeBron 16 project with Harlem Fashion Row must have been such a special moment, especially being able to share it with your mom and grandma it's so clear that these experiences have shaped you and fueled your passion for your work at Nike. So I know that you've already imparted lots of advice for anyone looking to fulfill their dream job, but are there any more specific skills to be a marketer that you can touch on?
0: Yeah, so I think to be a great marketer, you have to be great at understanding and seeing people, but also seeing trends, and not trends through the lens of oh, this is like the new hot color or this is the new way that people are doing things, but trends that are connected to humanity. There are timeless truths about human needs, things that we will always need and we'll always want. We'll always want connectivity. We will always follow a story of hero's journey. If that wasn't true, we wouldn't see as many sequels or as many Star Wars movies (laughs) as we've seen. But then there's a timely context of those truths that creates the connection point that allows you to create something or tell a story in a way that allows somebody to connect to your brand. So some of the skill set I always ask people to have is, hey, are you really good at insight? Are you really good at looking and observing the world and then being able to articulate that back in terms of where the world is today and where you think the world will go? And then I think from there, marketing is storytelling. You start from a place of like, what story are you telling somebody? Sometimes it's as simple as this is the product and this is what it costs and here's where it is. Or sometimes it's as broad as here's what your brand is about, but you're telling some form of a story to a person. So understanding story and the craft of story, I think is, is really important.
1: What story are you telling? If every brand has a story to tell, it's undeniable that every individual also has a story to tell. The moment you walk through the door to meet someone for the first time, you're sharing your story. Even the way you shake someone's hand tells a story. As Melanie mentioned, we are all storytellers and everything we do is part of our narrative. It's reminiscent of one of William Shakespeare's most famous lines, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Reflecting on our conversation with Melanie, it's evident that her passion for sports, determination, and eagerness to learn have been pivotal in her journey. Her story serves as an inspiration to us all, reminding us that the road to success might not always be straightforward, but with persistence, adaptability, and a focus on perfecting our skills, we too can reach our goals. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Stay with us this season on YMBA for many great stories to come and be sure to check out Anderson on social media at UCLA Anderson.